Okay. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says about Avram Avinu before Yitzchak is born. He's, the, the statement is, Asher Yitzavet Banavet Beito Acharav V'shamru Derech Hashem V'shamru Derech Hashem I, I don't know exactly what it means, but I think that Derech Hashem must refer to the mitzvot. Must refer to the mitzvot. Because Avram Avinu's personality, as I mean, who is Avram Avinu? He is the person who received a mitzvah. Lech lecha me'artzecha. That's a mitzvah. And that's how we meet Avram Avinu. Hello, Avram Avinu. Lech lecha. That's, there was no other discussion that Avram Avinu had with the Ribbonu Shalom. That was it. So HaKadosh Baruch here says that Avram Avinu will pass this on to his children and all the people who are involved with him. Now, listen to this. Now those words, are very big words. They, uh, and here the Torah somehow assumes that we know what that is. That not only derech Hashem, but also tzedakah and mishpat. And we don't know exactly what tzedakah and mishpat is. Now, Rashi explains the pasuk, but doesn't explain this particular, this particular point. He says, ki You know that the verb yud dalet ayin in, uh, in Hebrew, in, in the Bible, in biblical Hebrew, means... Um, Closeness, intimacy, right? So yada, yada, that's what Rashi is going to tell us. Yada means I have an intimate knowledge, as though God says, I know Avram Avinu really well. So Rashi, that's what Rashi says. Rashi says, Lishon Chiba, it's a love, it's a word that describes appreciation. Kimo, and then he brings a few examples as he is wont to do. We don't have to go into that. Va'amnam, the third line, Ika Lishon Kulam Eino Ela Lishon Yidi'ah. But it always means knowledge, understanding. What is knowledge and understanding? It's also a form of intimacy. I know him well because I spent a lot of time with him, because I, 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 I deal with him. That's kiyadatif. That is kiyadatif. That that, uh, that's what Rashi says. That's what Rashi says. Then Rashi goes on and he explains uh, other words, but he doesn't explain the words lasot stakat umishpat. On the other hand, the Rambam in Hilchot Avodah Zarah, right? The Rambam talks about um, Avram Avinu's innovation. Like, what's Avodah Zarah and what's Avram Avinu? This is the beginning of Hilchot Avodah Zarah. The Rambam says, in, in Halakha Gimel, the Rambam says this. You see the, the third source, not the second, but the third source. Kevan shenigmal etanze. Etan is a, another name for Avram Avinu. He was also called Etan. 
in the Tehillim, Eitan Zeh. Kevan Shedigmal Eitan Zeh. When Avram Avinu was weaned from his mother's milk, this is the way the Rambam describes. The Rambam is making up a story, a story that makes sense, but he kind of wants it to be flowery and interesting. So he says when he was weaned from his mother's milk. One second. He started thinking very carefully. So he was a he was a young man, and he didn't know anything, and he started thinking about things. This is what the Rambam describes. The Rambam describes that somehow Avram Avinu was able to think about the reality in which he found himself. That that reality was that everybody was an idolater. Everybody, including his father, including his mother. Everybody, everybody in the world was an idolater. There were no exceptions. How that happened is something that the Rambam explains in Halakha Aleph. Right? How did it happen there? Because people, people were convinced that God wanted them. You, uh, you have to get the idea how the Rambam understands. Rambam says, after all, Adam Rishon spoke to God. And Chava spoke to God. And Cain and Hevel spoke to God. So where did they get this idea that they should be idolatrous? So the Rambam's theory is, the Rambam's theory is they looked at the world and they saw that God gave certain power to um, stars, the moon, the sun, the devil. The moon was in charge of the tides. They knew that, that the moon was in charge. So they said, well, if God gives the power of the tides to the moon, it sounds like God wants me to, like, give homage to that power. Right? Otherwise, God would have kept all that power for himself, so to speak. Why would God give the power to the, to the moon? And so idolatry was born. That's what the Rambam says. Idolatry at the beginning didn't necessarily deny the service of God. And you could still serve God, but you also served the moon. That was the that was the idea. That was the idea. So the Rambam says, along comes Avram Avinu, and Avram Avinu is living in a world of idolatry. In other words, the idolatry developed. They built uh, they built uh, buildings, and they uh, they had service, and it got more complicated. And if you wanted to serve the moon, it became a full time enterprise. That's how the Rambam, the Rambam understands that the main problem that the Rambam has is how did idolatry, how was idolatry born from belief in God? If it was true that everybody believed in God, how come everybody became idolatrous? Along comes Avram Avinu, and Avram Avinu says, 
this is wrong. Right? On his own. He said on his own. I mean, obviously the Rambam, the Rambam who thought that there were few great thinkers in the world, right? Like Aristotle. He was a great thinker. You never talk about Aristotle's friends or the people who went to school with him. Or, uh, you know, he's, he's so head and shoulders upon everybody else. So that's a kind of a, <coughs> of a figure that seems to have appealed to the Rambam. I guess the Rambam also thought he was like that. That, you know, he was able to think things through in a way that other people found difficult. So again, the Rambam, like, looks at Avram Avinu, and he says, "Whoa, this is hard to believe. How could anybody do this? Like you were in a world where everybody believed in idolatry, and you became a believer in monotheism. Like, like how does that happen? And the Rambam just was astounded. When he told the story, he was astounded himself that the Rambam, that, uh, that Avram Avinu was able to do this. So he says... Uh, in the, uh, he says it in the, in the second line, he says, like, like, who, who created the world and who made everything go? Ki, ki ifshar atzmo. In other words, there's this proof, you know, the cause and the effect. If you ever want to be bored, you could read Augustine's um, five proofs for the existence of God. But one proof which is uh, um, uh, very popular is that there had to be a prime mover. You know, like somebody had to kickstart the whole thing. Something, it had to start from someplace. So how did it start? That's God. Right? So, so again, the Rambam quotes this proof which, as I say, the Rambam must have learned from Augustine. And he says, that's Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu knew that. Long before, long, he doesn't say it, but long before Augustine, right? Augustine was, what? The end of? Yeah, sounds right. But, I mean, long after Avram Avinu. So here, he doesn't feel that he has to give credit to Augustine since he's giving credit to Avram Avinu. So just a little bit more. I'm almost, I mean, I can't read, but I'm, I'm going to get to it. Uh, he says, Libo, the fourth line, Libo, Mishotet, Omevin. So he, say, he says, I just want to get to this line where he says it. Where does he where does he talk about Sedek? What? Which line? What? Layesh the Mishuma? But where what line? Oh that's it. Good, very good. So he says Derecha Emet Derecha Emet the what's the next word? Right. And, and uh, in, in other words, the Rambam says, and it doesn't quote the, the power Pasuk, but he says that, that, that Avram Avinu was not just 
the person who discovered monotheism, but Avraham was also the person who knew about Sedek. Who knew about Sedek? What does our Posuk say? Our Posuk says, our Posuk says, what? Stakau Mishpat. That he knew about Stakau Mishpat. Now, of course, the question is, how did the, what is the Posuk referring to? In other words, the, the Torah, when the Torah tells you something, so of course the Torah is life. But, but if the Torah tells it to me, it should be something that I can understand. Where does the tzedek come from? So you know that there were two uh, uh, events in, uh, in Avram Avinu's life that teach us everything we want to know about his personality. One is the story of stone in the previous parasha, and the other is the story of Achedat Yitzchak. Now I want to just point out, I want to talk about Achedat Yitzchak, was it right, was it wrong, does it make sense? No, I don't want to talk about that, but I want to explain what the difference between these two events is. You know that when it came to Sodom, God told Avram Avinu, God said, what, I, I, I can, can I cover up? Can I uh, avoid telling Avram Avinu? I'm going to tell it. Uh, so God went to the angels, went to Avram Avinu and said, Stone, Vamora, Adma, destroyed. The whole thing is going to disappear. Avram Avinu argued. He was not happy about it. He said, how could this be? How could this be? How could you, what if there are 50 tzaddikim, or 40 tzaddikim, or 30 tzaddikim? What was it that Avram Avinu was unhappy about. What was he arguing with God about? Was he questioning the fact that God is righteous? And if God is righteous, then God will take care of it. I mean, what is it that Avramavina was unhappy about? That's story number one. Story number two, of course, is that okay, that's Okay, God says to Avramavina, sacrifice your son. And Avramavina says, okay. What do you mean, okay? Why didn't Avram Avinu argue as he did with Sodom? What's the difference between what happened in Sodom and what happened with Avram Avinu in Akedat Yitzchak? What's the difference? What's the difference? So I tell you that the difference is very simple. The very simple, it is very obvious. Sodom was a, an event that would be noted by the entire population of the world, or the entire population of the world in which Avram Avinu lived. There's no way that God could destroy cities of Sodom and Amorah and nobody would notice. So if people would notice, if people would notice, then their reaction would be to go to Avram Avinu and say, is this the God that you want us to and so Avram Avinu turned to God. They didn't complain about what God had decided to do. Avram Avinu knew that the decision in heaven was just and right and the way it should be. Right? Avram Avinu knew that. But what Avram Avinu didn't know was what is he going to say to the people who come and ask him, is it true that God killed the righteous along with the wicked. That question, Avram Avinu could not answer. And therefore, he turns to God 
and says, is this going to happen? Are you going to kill the wicked and also the righteous? What if there are 50 righteous people? So at the end, you know that the end of the story is that Lot was saved. And Lot is hardly a righteous person. Lot is perhaps compared to uh, to some Satan who lived in Sodom, a nice guy, but uh, not righteous, not somebody that you had to save. Yet God saved it. So you see that the public nature of an event places a different burden on Avram Avinu. And you know that Chazal say that I, the Rambam says it here. If I could read it, we would be able to see it. The Rambam says, the Rambam says that Avraham Avinu spent his whole life uh, uh, getting people to do tshuva. I mean, that was his that was his enterprise. He spread the word. He tried to teach everybody that there's only one God and that that one God should be served. So you see that Avraham Avinu of Avraham Avinu had some notion that heaven always produces sense. What about Akedat Yitzchak? What about why did Avraham Avinu argue? Why did he say, it's my son, I love my son. Why did he say, my son is the future and it's God's future? Why did he say anything? He didn't say a thing. Avraham Avinu did not say a thing. You remember the Malach, remember the Malach, the angel came down and stopped Avraham Avinu from killing his son? Imagine that. It, it took an angel to stop Avraham Avinu from killing his own son, and the angel said, Me'uma, don't do a thing, Me'uma. So Rashi quotes the Medrash that says, Me'uma, which means nothing, don't do a thing to him. Me'uma is like the word in Hebrew, Mum, Muma, Mum, which means a blemish, a physical blemish. This is that occurred to Avraham Avinu. It occurred to Avraham Avinu that maybe he would um, scar his son, like, like cut him so that he would have a permanent scar and then he would be unfit to be a sacrifice. So the angel says, don't do that. Don't do that. But Avraham Avinu was quietly and, and, and able to, to uh, sacrifice his own son. It's a wonder. You know, a pellet. How could he do that? So the answer is, the answer is that the sacrifice of Yitzhak, at least the way it's told to us in the Torah, was a private matter. It had only to do with Avram and Yitzhak. They were the only two players in this particular game. And the Pesach said, Several times. And means, means that they were in agreement. Avram Avinu said, God told me to do this. And Yitzchak said, if God told you to do this, then I'm in it. I mean, then do it. Then do it. So that means that, uh, you know that there's this question about who was tested. Who is being tested? But according to this pasuk that we started out with, that Avram Avinu is going to teach Banav Ubenei Beito. What is he going to teach them? That the ways of God are just. 
and that they are judgment, and they have to be. So here you see that Avraham, the Nisayon of Avraham, was successful because his son was able to accept that directive from HaKadosh Baruch. So you see, these are two, the two events, the two major events that we're told about in the life of Avram Avinu. The first had to do with Sodom, which was a public matter. And so, so Avram Avinu goes to HaKadosh Baruch and says, what should I say? What should I say when they ask me? Whatever, maybe there are 50 tzaddikim in Stov Amora. So HaKadosh Baruch assures Avram Avinu that the 50 tzaddikim will not be killed. And in fact, the only one who was saved was Lot, and he didn't really deserve to be saved as a righteous. He was, didn't deserve to be classified as a righteous person. Akedat Yitzchak, on the other hand, Akedat Yitzchak is a, um, is a uh, personal matter. It's private. It's about this pasuk, whether Avram Avinu successfully educated his son. And you know that the Major says, Avramavina went with Shnei Naravimo, right? Who were the Shnei Narav? According to the Gemara, the Shnei Narav, Eliezer, and, and Yishmael. And you know that Yishmael was not able to live on that level. Yishmael was not able to say, if that's what's supposed to be, that, that, that's what God wants, that, that's fine. He wasn't able to say that. He wasn't able to live that kind of life. So he was left behind with Eliezer, who was B'nai Beito. This is Badnav or B'nai Beito, who were not successful. Eliezer and Yishmael were not successful in this regard. Only Yitzchak was successful. And so, the Derech Hashem, I think that the Pasuk is talking about. Right? Derech Hashem. Again, what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu say to Avram Avinu? What did HaKadosh Baruch Hu say to Avram Avinu? Lech Lecha, right? Lech Lecha is a mitzvah. Lech Lecha is a mitzvah. Where was Avram Avinu at the time? Where was Avram Avinu at the time? He was in Haram. Where did he come from? Right, Urkastin. Right, how did he get from Urkastin to Haran? How did he get from Urkastin? You know, Urkastin is a Babylonian place, and Haran is also a Babylonian place. Both are Babylonian place names. He went from Urkastin to Haran. Why did he go from Urkastin to Haran? Because his father took him. And why did his father take him and the rest of the family? Why did his father take him? Because he was taking them all to Canaan. Why was he taking them to Canaan? I don't know why Terach was taking them all to Canaan, but they were all on their way to Canaan. And then what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu say to Abba Rabinu? Go to Canaan. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Abba Rabinu. And therefore... Therefore, what is it that Avravina understood? Avravina understood that quality of life depends on listening to the divine voice. 
Forget the, the command. It didn't matter where he was going. What changed with Avraham Avinu? It wasn't it with Avraham Avinu and Terah. Terah thought he was smart. That he knew that he would go to, to Canaan and then he would build a shopping center and sell idols and everybody would be happy. But Avraham Avinu learned at that time that if you act B'derech Hashem I can go where God wants you to go. I can go where God wants you to go. Then you are uh, uh, doing the right thing. So that Avram Avinu always understood that. But the thing that balanced his devotion to the divine uh, command, the thing that balanced it, was his interest in spreading the word. And you know, when you spread the word, you have to say something that people will understand. And people will not understand. That's what Avram Avinu said. People will not understand that Sodom that in Sodom, God was a uh, 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 unjust. That is, there's no sensitivity to the difference between the righteous and the, those who are not righteous. That was something that could not, that could not be. Okay. So the other thing I have that I, I have on the sheet, which I also can't read, is a. Uh, is uh, the Rambam and the Moranibuchim explaining their Kedat Yitzchak as an act of faith. The Rambam, the Rambam looks at it and he says, here's Avram Avinu. I mean, Avram Avinu is willing to do something that doesn't make any sense as a faith action. In terms of, our, uh, I think, you know, even though I don't uh, generally like to... Uh, editorial life, right? But, uh, but the great thing, I think that the great thing of Avinu uh, HaKedat Yitzchak was that everybody, we all know that at some point you have to accept uh, the dictate of heaven, even though it may kind of be difficult. There's certain difficulties sometimes that, that it's annoying uh, because it doesn't seem to fit in with my other world view. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I think that uh, that Avraham Avinu was the one who taught us that uh, that if there is a direct command from God, uh, it's got to be responded to. It can't be ignored. It can't be overlooked. And we can't always imagine that uh, that the way the Torah thinks about things is the way that we think about things. And uh, this is in modernity a difficulty. It's difficult to, for a person to uh, accept the dictates of the Torah unquestionably. It's, it's a hard thing for us to do because we're taught always to question things and to try to uh, make sure that we know what they are. Okay, so since I'm sorry, I forgot my... Uh, my glasses, so I can't see. Otherwise, I would go through this uh, this drama. But since I can't, what? Yeah. Okay, uh, we could read. Uh, read. I mean, you know, who wants to read? Who's a reader? Huh? I can be a teacher. I can be a teacher. I can just get everybody to join in.
principles of our faith. First, it shows us the extension limit of the fear of God. Abraham is The fear of God is in Hebrew, we call it Yira. Right, Yira. The Rambam says in the Ilchot Yisodei HaTorah that every person is obligated to fulfill the two mitzvot, the two basic mitzvot, which are Ava and Yira, right? Love of God and fear of God, <coughs> which are very similar, right? Later commentaries, uh, the Kabbalists always say, you know, that if you love God, so you get to fear God. And if you fear God, you get to love God. And everything is, is like their steps that keep you going, Okay. That's why it's hard. It's hard because you intuitively you don't want to do it. You don't. Uh, but it's it's not just that intuitively you don't want to do it, but it goes against the divine promise. He had been without child and had been longing for a child. He had great riches and was expecting that a nation should spring from his seed. After all, help of a child had already been given up. A son was born to him. How great must so the rabbi sounds like very like a real person, uh, but usually uh, he doesn't. But here he sounds like gee, you know, how could you kill your own son? And in fact, the Rambam also says he quotes the fact. That Avram Avinu is called Ohava. Ohavi, I'm sorry, Ohavi, my beloved. That the Navi calls Avram Avinu my beloved. It was who loved God more than Avram Avinu? Nobody, because he was willing to give up everything. Willing to give up everything for God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, the reading is so good that. He's talking about the three days that God made Avramovino go to Haramoria in a, some some way. It took him three days to get there because he wanted to make sure that Avram Avinu was reasoned. You know, like the Rambam thought very highly of reason. But the fact that he performed it three days after he had received the commandment proves the presence of God, proper consideration, and careful examination. Even though the Gemara says, right, in the, the Pesach says, when I came Avraham Baboker, that Avram Avinu ran to do it, right? That's how we learn about treason and mitzvot come from that. That's a Gemara in the Sokhet. Uh, a careful examination of what is due to the divine command and what is in accordance with the love and fear of God. There is no necessity to look for the presence of any other idea or of anything that might have affected a 
So here you have the Rambam. The Rambam says that we need, we, regular people, we need the idea that if we do what God says, we'll be rewarded, and if we deny what God says, we'll be punished. Right? So we have fear of punishment, and we have love of reward. But Avramavina was not like that, according to the Rambam. Armavino, it was just God. It was he's, He felt that if God tells him to do something, he has to do it. It has nothing to do with reward and punishment. This is the Rambam's. That's what the Rambam thinks love of God means. Right? You do it only because God told you to do it. But not because you think that you're going to get something out of it or that you're going to avoid some kind of punishment. The Rambam says this also with Ilchot Shuvah. At the end of Ilchot Shuvah, he says Ilchot Yisodei Torah. The Rambam was kind of very into this idea that Avav Yira, love and fear of God, are not connected really to reward and punishment. Okay, a little bit more. Well, there's a proof text. Should I skip down to the second purpose? Yeah, the second purpose, right. The second opinion that things that happened, that the Torah tells as a story, didn't really happen, apparently, but they are uh, prophetic dreams. They, they, uh, they reflect the superiority of the experience of the person. So this is the parish of Vayera. Vayera, I love Hashem. Vayera, I love Hashem is a dream, according to the Rambam. It didn't really happen. But it doesn't matter that it didn't happen. It's still, the dream only happened to Avram Avinu. Right? So that somehow this could answer the question of how Avram Avinu might sacrifice his own son. And he really didn't sacrifice his own. It was really never happened. What? Could be, yeah. And the second, the second, uh, the second reason that he gives is that it's just a dream. That God never wanted it. it, it it's just an expression of the relationship between God and Abu Rabbi.
This is proved by the consent of Abraham to slay his only son whom he loved, as he was commanded, although the commandment was received in a dream or a vision. As the prophets had any gathered suspicions, the emphasis of the Rambam here is on the prophecy. That, that Avravinu was not just the recipient of a directive, but he was a, a prophet. He was, it was a prophecy that, uh, that Avravinu uh, received. Okay, um, you'll finish, you'll finish on your own. The point, the point that, uh, that the Rambam is trying to make, the point that the Rambam is trying to make is that what happened at Akedat Yitzchak is reflective of, of the superior personality of Avram Avinu. And it's not just that God said, do this, and he did it. But either either it reflects the Ava and the Yira of Avram Avinu, the love and the fear that he had uh, standing before God, or it reflects the, the prophetic, the level of prophetic awareness that Avram Avinu had for the word of for the word of God. So these are the two, these are the two things. And what I uh, also, you know, since it's the parasha, it's hard to avoid talking about Akedat Yitzchak. Um, uh, again, I'm sorry that I forgot my glasses, which would have enabled me to see. And I uh, hope next week we'll be able to uh, talk about the next parasha, which is Chai Okay, all the best. Have a good show.